Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, what a night. Watching Tottenham on a Hello, everyone, and welcome along to Oh, What a Night. Um, I haven't given the boys much of a warm-up there. I've just kind of launched into the podcast, but it feels like there is no time to waste off the back of a very exciting Sunday afternoon for the Coys boys. Um, on the show today, Judy, Shorty and Hunter. Everyone good? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very good. I just very heard good. the Zoom voice say recording in progress and now I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Toys you said the, the voice of God in your ear saying Zoom recording in progress. It's, like, mm. it's time. It's like the bat signal for for coys. In at the deep end, straight in, straight like winksy. No messing. Straight. Let them know you're there. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, apart from obviously the the result, like if we take put the result to one side, can I just start by saying how much I absolutely loved every second of yesterday. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, I felt exactly the same. I didn't do too much like post analysis sort of chat. I literally just tweeted, just really enjoyed that. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that was it, wasn't it? For most Spurs fans, it was like, this was, that was just genuinely enjoyable. We created more chances than we created. What was it? In, we had a higher XG in that game than we had for like the whole of August, <laughs> September put together or something. <laughs> Such a ridiculous stat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just genuinely absolutely brilliant chaotic mad and that you know it's sort of like the red nap years of chaos but and and the other thing being that that's not a full strength team wasn't for them either but to see that people understand what their role is already that's really encouraging and I was like yeah just really fun yeah it, it, it was <clears throat> a real joy to see the chaos but with some sort of structure Sean yeah it was you know we've been pining for a game that we really cared about and that's exactly what we got it was the Tottenham we'd missed because of the momentum we had going into this COVID induced break and it's exactly it's like we'd never been away like everyone was so good we changed like the whole midfield from the last game it didn't really matter because everyone just upped their levels again it was so good and so satisfying to watch and who'd have thought we'd been here discussing Spurs are disappointed to only have got a draw with Liverpool at any time in the last two weeks is amazing. That, I mean, we had so many chances, Jude. Oh man, they were just, yeah. It's, I just watched the highlights before coming on and there are a few that, you know, on another day they ripple the back of the net. It's just, it's Liverpool, isn't it? And you, you, they can sort of sniff out a goal whenever, whenever they need to. And unfortunately we had a few that we just couldn't convert and that cost us at the end of the day, but, a magnificent performance regardless. I really didn't think they were going to pull out what performance like one, that. What's the one that you've watched back and you've gone, no, that, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I do think the Dele one was a great one, a great chance. Um, I mean, it's an outrageous, like, anticipated save from, it's an from Alisson. Save. It's absolutely outrageous. And, like, the commentators... We're, um, we're giving Delhi a little bit of stick for it just because of how slight a touch it was. And you can really see that um, like he's he's almost done everything right there. You can maybe make an argument for just like lifting the ball over the keeper, but like he's he's gone low and he's hit the target. And it's <laughs> an outrageous save. It was, yeah, it was quite frustrating. Was, was it? It wasn't even was, approach it sort of like as someone who was lacking in confidence. No, but he approached it in a way that g- gave Allison a very good idea of where he was going to put it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what Jermaine Defoe on comms. Obviously, Hazy, you were there. You wouldn't have bloody heard him. But on comms, Jermaine Defoe at halftime was sort of saying, <clears throat> "What you've got to do there is have another look and then lift it over the keeper." I was like, "Yeah, but Jermaine, you were one of the best finishers in like <laughs> Premier League history." <laughs> So like it's never really Delhi's never been like a natural finisher. That's probably something you can level at him. He's not brilliant Delhi in those positions. Called in advance on that one. Didn't he, he did. <laughs> he did. He phoned ahead. He made a ten-man booking for it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was a world-class save. Still, he's had a lot to do. Yeah, just, I think the 
I was just going to say, the, the one that, that I was like sc- screaming at the telly, and my girlfriend actually said, I've not heard you scream at the telly at Spurs game like this in a long time, which probably tells you all you need to know. Um, but was the one where Delhi sort of half passed it to Kane and then Kane sort of half went for a shot. That one genuinely hurt me because I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like physically in pain. I just it was like it had everything wrong with it that because we such clever sort of pass over the top and you're like just make that simple pass and it's a goal oh just make that simple finish and it's a goal mm. Fucking hell what are you doing? <laughs> 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 but what do you uh, feel that again mm, yeah 100 100 it's just that th- feeling of uh knowing what people are trying to do like I, they sort of did it on match a day although a lot of match a day chat ended up being about the decisions but they sort of said there's a lot of clever running like you don't underestimate like the runs from son the runs from delhi runs from kane they're all intelligent runs they're not just i know Klopp had a nice little dig and said it was just long ball football but it's really not you can i think that a way that a long ball is judged is on how high it goes uh i can't remember there was a piece on this years ago because david louise used to hit like these straight balls like 50, 60 yard straight balls. Anyway, what Spurs were doing yesterday were, were brilliant passes into a into a little ball back line that is so, so open to that. No, that's so how they've that's some credit for dragging the back line out a bit as well. A hundred percent. And look, they should they should there should be criticism on Trent didn't follow a couple of times, Kanate didn't follow a couple of times. Like that there needs to that's that's part of it, right? Uh, and Spurs did really well. They looked at a back line that was kind of out of shape and and they took advantage of of what is a weakness that Liverpool have every now and again. Yeah. Take the controversies out of it. Like, forget the red card stuff, the challenges, whatever. Forget the penalty stuff. We got our game plan spot on. It was absolutely perfect. And we I just, love and that. Conte deserves that huge credit for that. That is so nice, isn't it? That you just yes. ask Conte to put a game plan together. Yeah, Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, we've not had that in a while in a big game where it's felt like there's a, there's genuine like control. I, I it, do you know what this is? What I'll give Nuno the one bit of credit. I'll give Nuno is in that first game against City, he seemed to get it spot on, and I genuinely thought, God, that that looked that looked pretty impressive. But the fact is, for Conte, this has come after three games where Spurs have just quite comfortably put teams away, and then obviously they had the draw as well. Um, so it's it's much more of like a this is how we're going to play against oppositions like this, and then we're going to switch to three five two when we need to be a little bit more careful in who's coming forwards because Robbo and Trent were unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. Attention, parents and students! We have an incredible exclusive offer from our friends at Pro Prep. This is the perfect study tool for university students undertaking science, technology, engineering, or maths related modules. It can halve your study time. ProPrep provides bite-sized videos relevant to the module or course, which can be accessed from any device at any time. It has already helped over 500,000 students to pass their exams. They provide customised STEM study tools that match your syllabus. Long lectures are condensed into short and clear video tutorials. And after the videos, you can go through what you've just learned with interactive exercises and practice questions so you'll be ready. You can even submit questions to the ProPrep professors and receive a video answer within 24 hours. ProPrep created a special offer just for our listeners. All you need to do is go to their website, proprep.uk forward slash info forward slash football for more information. And our listeners can sign up for a free 30-day trial now. No credit card information required. That's P-R-O-P-R-E-P dot uk forward slash info forward slash football pro prep the ultimate study tool should we get stuck into um the good bits i'll, I'll say that we can reserve um we can reserve delhi for the beautiful at the end but what what are the things that people want to kind of pick out in terms of what was good yesterday do you know what it's it's, <laughs> it's not it's not like it's not a massive one it's just something I wanted to bring up in that I'm just so relieved that games now we're not constantly talking about defensive players and defensive errors and defense oh, defender or oh, the centre back this centre back there blah blah blah. Yes, they're not the best in the world, 
you know, there was still ch- times yesterday where <laughs> there was one where Sanchez just ran over the ball, and I was like, "Come on, mate, what are we? What are you doing?" <laughs> I was like, "Have you seen that? Has anyone seen the film The Water Boy?" Yeah. So the, in look, this is going to be a very long reference. But <laughs> basically, he sort of thinks in order to crush people, basically, like they have to have the ball. So there's this one bit where he intercepts a pass and everyone's like, yes! And then he just hands the ball to the opposition so he can tackle them. Everyone's like, no! <laughs> he, that was yeah. totally Davin Sanchez. He's done everything right. And you're like, well, that is competent defender. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was literally that. But but come the end of the game, we're not talking about, oh, the same defender, you know, same players, different manager, sort of to to quote. Uh, same players, same manager. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it for me one of the good things is we come to the end of the game and it's like yeah there are deficiencies in the squad but like generally speaking that's just a very solid performance from everyone like there was no one I'd say on that squad yesterday who was below a six out of ten performance and that's probably very like good. more yeah. than anything in the defense I actually thought Eric Dyer was pretty good and he looks to be growing a fair a fair bit in this team I like how he was like coming right over to the to the touchline when we have throws just to receive the ball just to give them another option yeah um, and yeah his passing range seems like that's one thing that we absolutely we nailed on Sunday was the amount of passes we could just switch from quite deep into wide areas and you saw Harry Winks whenever he got up the ball got on the ball he was like clipping those little ones just in behind allowing Sessegnon and I think it was mainly for Sessegnon, actually, or Son to just get on the end of it. And we were constantly getting in behind on the counter like that. Um, so the passer game was 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 terrific throughout. He's just mm-hmm. hiding out at the moment, isn't he, as well, Dyer? If there's not a pass on, he's quite comfortable moving into the midfield, which is really nice to see as well. He just looks, he looks confident. Is that there's, you know, it's, with some players, it's just really easy to see. Like the confidence he was taking on every pass that he had, he was, as Jude said, he was going into the midfield and picking the ball up. Uh, which I think Conzi just said to him, like, you used to be a central midfielder, like, you're comfortable on the ball. Go and show that you can be comfortable on the ball. Because he does ask quite a lot of his centre backs. I'd say the same with Ben Davis. Like, Ben Davis is a fullback all his career. He comes into centre back. Uh, and everyone knows that he, you know, he's done it for Wales, he's done it for Spurs every now and again, but he looks so comfortable. And because he was a fullback, he is so comfortable in possession. He doesn't panic in that area. So both of those had a brilliant game. And I think the only other one, I mean, to be fair, Emerson, not Emerson, sorry, Sessegnon, what a game to be put into. Like, coming down your, coming down, going down your wing. One thing that Salah did yesterday, honestly. Yeah, look, and and Sess was there. He was on his toes. He turned him once, I think, and it was just a matter of him getting his feet right. And then you've got Trent. Obviously, you have to get out and meet Trent as often as possible. Again, not easy. And the fact that, he managed to have a good game, get get in behind a couple of times, which is we all know that's where he wants to be. He wants to be on that side of the halfway line where he can be. But he's got the engine to do it. So I, I just thought it was really encouraging. And it's the sort of player, like as happy as I am with Regulon, he needs someone to be pushing him for that position. 100%. It, can't be, it cannot be a comfortable position to be in. Definitely. And uh, I th- go on, sorry. No, so go on, mate. Go, go on. I was just going to say, Sessignon is that. Sessignon can be that. And it definitely feels, doesn't it, when you're playing against uh, a defensive four, the moment that we fly our wing backs on, you're suddenly thinking, oh my God, that switch pass is on every single time. And, mm. and the ball's drifting out to Sessegnon and uh, and to some extent Emerson, but but definitely Sessegnon. It feels like we've got a, a winger playing mm. there, which is really, really exciting. Well, that's the man who knows where the goal is, right? That's the difference. Like Sessegnon has loads of goals, like bags and bags of goals for Fulham. Like he's an, he won't be scared to get in the area. He also has one against Bayern Munich, but less said about that. Like, <laughs> that was my last Champions League goal, by the way. <laughs> is it really? That yeah. is bleak. That is bleak. <laughs> yeah. Not so good. But um, the, the the fullbacks just in general, I think I would. Or sorry, the wingbacks in general, I would put in in the good because at the moment the work rate that's going in. The, the level that, that they're putting in has been outstanding, hasn't it, Jude? Yeah, I think, um, like, Sessegnon completely shut down the left. I think he made something ridiculous, like six tackles yesterday. Um, and he was obviously up against Salah and Trent. And 
those players are always going to create chances and just because they're so relentless up and down. But I think that was like the first game in 14 or 15 Premier League games that Salah hadn't registered an attacking return, which is pretty, it's, it's a massive feather in his cap, to be fair, because like when I, when I think of playing Liverpool now, I think of like Salah playing and that almost being as good as a goal down in its own right. <laughs> you know, that whole monster mentality thing that they got going on. Um, but yeah, he was terrific. Emerson was, he, he had a few clever moments, I'd say. He was quite clever for, for the Robo red card, which I'm sure we'll get onto. Um, he definitely had to wear that one, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that really is one where you've got to get the magic spray out and just, you know, just have, take, take your time getting back up. But yeah, wingbacks are fabulous. And it's good that we've got someone like Sessignon who, like Hunter says, will challenge Regulon and they can both hit good heights and hopefully they won't be a massive difference when they interchange for each other over the next few well for the rest of the season while we're on the defense i do just want to put in one other thing sort of more from a team point of view defensively i loved the fact that we're seeing our players use tactical fouling in a way that the top teams do that we seem to have just been hopeless at in the past but Ben Davis's decision on the halfway line to just stop Mo Salah the one time that he spun him, it was just like, nope, that'll do, back you come. But that, for me, is just absolutely perfect. And I didn't see us doing that under Nuno. And, I mean, Mourinho, there was no subtlety to the way in which we were going about it. There didn't seem to be much organisation. We were so deep anyway, you didn't really have that option to do it. Whereas mm. under Conte, it feels like it's really, really smart. It feels like it's intelligent fouling. So many individuals yesterday did it at the right times. It was it was really, really good to see as well. I think an underrated thing from that is that thinking about how long some of those players were on bookings. I think you pointed out in the in our chat yesterday, Hainsey, um, Emerson, that first half was a proper... He was getting spun and roasted and could have given away a penalty. But the second half didn't really have... Any worries? I'm trying to think of a time where I was thinking he had a hairy moment, but none of our players did it once they got on bookings. It was fine. It was like, do you remember when Yama at the peak of his powers, he'd like, he'd be really aggressive to start games and he'd get like an early booking, but it would calm him down for the rest of the game. It would like force him to make the smart calls. I mm. think that's what yeah. our players showed yesterday. Yeah, it was that, it was the sort of peak Lamelli years as well, wasn't it? That he managed yeah, to all yeah. that time without getting a red card in his last ever North London <laughs> derby, just completed the magic. <laughs> just made sure that he signed off with a flourish with a total lamella performance uh, let's go on to the bad bits um I suppose we should look at the 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 manner of the goals um and the way in which we conceded which is really frustrating considering how hard we worked defensively mm. but we had said last week Jude that the nature of this one is that total concentration was needed for 90 minutes in order to keep Liverpool out yeah and they just they just didn't quite um just didn't quite get it on that one. Um, the problem is with with Liverpool because they are so efficient in front of goal. When we were when we were one up, it was very much like right, one of these chances has got to go in. Otherwise, we let them back in, and that's what happened. It's literally just one cross to Diogo Jota, who's immense in the air, um, and that's and that's all it took. Um, but it wasn't so much like I think we'd be more harsh if it if it was defensive lapses in concentration rather than like, if it was a big blunder of a mistake rather than um, it just being a bit chaotic at the back. I think that can be ironed out, but at least it wasn't just something a bit glaring. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, de- I'm definitely not disheartened by the amount of those goals. I think particularly the first one, that was such a, I'm trying to think of the sequence of events. I think Davis gets an inception and tries to chase it. Yeah, but that kind of drags the centre backs out of position. And Robertson's cross for Jota to get his head on that has to be so perfect. And it just is. And it's like, you know, that's the quality Liverpool have. That's yeah, that is difference. And Jota's movement, one, you know, handball another day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, last season, right? Last season, that wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't yeah. have been allowed. So you know, thank God, Spurs probably changed the rule on that after getting screwed over somehow. It's always us changing the rules. <laughs> I just uh, the the movement for Jota's um, goal for him to move away from goal like that. It's like a centre back's nightmare because you got to go chasing, uh, like you're chasing a shadow then because then 
then you leave the big hole in between where you were standing and the goalkeeper. So it's a bit of stick or twist. I don't, as Sean said, I think it was just a moment of chaos. And Liverpool are so, so good at scoring different types of goals. And they just showed it again there. And then the second one, I think, is just chaos, isn't it? But they, they create it. They get a lot of bodies in the area. They get a lot of um, get a lot of crosses in. Um, you know, is is Trent trying to find Robbo's head there? Probably not. He's probably having a shot, but he's just standing in the right position, you know. So, um, so frustrating that one, wasn't it? Give it was it. annoying. It was annoying because we we should have scored the one just literally probably. And Delhi's just gone through. It wasn't a penalty. The Trent one is not no. a penalty, but um, I did think the one it, on Winks was a penalty. Yeah, so did I, and I, and I, I was surprised at how sort of quickly we moved past it. But like again. There was a lot of decisions yesterday that I thought would that went in our favour and, and against us. Uh, that I just thought the refereeing in general was pretty terrible yesterday. Before we go on to the refereeing and the ugly <coughs> section, is there anything else that was bad yesterday? I suppose the only other thing I might be tempted to put in the bad was the fact that it was in Dombele season and we only got one <laughs> assist yesterday. <laughs> like we I got to say, he looked knackered. And he, he looked, he looked knackered. To be fair, after about 30 minutes, he had his hands on his knees and I was like, yeah, he hasn't played in a while. Um, doesn't it look like someone's... All, when, when he has to press, doesn't it look like someone is physically dragging him into a press? You know I mean? <laughs> pulling him on like a bungee, <laughs> like pulling him across the pitch. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, I think, but that, that's why you have him on the pitch, right? You have him on the pitch for that moment. Of course, I don't think we had another player on the pitch who could play that pass. With that weight, um, it's just so you know it's it's brilliant. Um, but I can understand why some fans are going to love him and some fans are going to really dislike. Obviously, I love him. I've made my love of him like very clear. He also got caught. You know, he got caught around the yeah. edge of the area, and that's 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 him. That is the existence of him. He has that's his little devil and devil and angel on his shoulder, basically. Um, I think the the only other thing I'd put in is. I think Kane had a couple of moments where, and Kane in full form passes it through to Son and Son scores. There was two crosses across the area where he completely got it wrong. And I just want to stick Emerson. Emerson's distribution going forward was so bad yesterday um, in relative terms to to what Cess was putting out on the other side that I genuinely was slightly worried that Aurier had come back from the dead and was <laughs> was playing right wing back. He's got those kind of like his legs look almost like he's Russian dancing. I mean, it's kind of they, they're he's going long. At, they're going at right angles. It's bizarre, and you sort of think like his legs are going really quick, but his brain is going at sort of normal speed. So it takes a while to do a step over, and by the time he's yeah. done the step over, he's, literally in front of him. he's not doing uh, step over. He's trying to go over hurdles. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> honestly, it's Colin Jackson down the wing. Do you know I mean, but I don't, you know, I don't want to put him in the bad because as Sean alluded to he got spun for his yellow card from Mane in the first half and I genuinely was like I was I was like that's a long time to be up against Mane and he just managed to slow it slow it all down defensively he's very sound he doesn't seem to have as rash a moment in him which is just if we just if we need to defend he's brilliant um Mane again as with Cess pushing Reggie I do wonder who's pushing him for that right wing back spot at the moment because Jaffet maybe but it doesn't look like there's a massive amount of belief in him being a right wing back and then also Dotti is just he's there that's all we can say about Dotti he's currently a Tottenham Hotspur player yeah and <laughs> so I think like Stevie Bergfight doesn't want to get dragged into that does he? <laughs> that noise to I don't want that smoke <laughs> <laughs> you know, another thing just while you mentioned it Hunter I think mm. in order to be consistent um, I've definitely got to hold my hands up on this one and put this in the bag. Harry Kane's finishing. Um, mm. it, at the beginning of the season, I said so many times that I would completely do the standard Spurs thing of defending Kane, no matter what the weather, as long as if he was being given chances, he was taking them. I think Harry Kane should have scored at least three times yesterday. Yeah. The, the the square from Deli Ali. The reactive header that was a difficult chance. He, a hundred percent. We're talking about him being one of, if not the best strikers in the world. The best strikers in the world finished that. And then the other one that no one is showing on any of the highlights, which is when Sessegnon made that brilliant run down the left hand side and got round the square. 
yeah. on the cusp of half time and then has the vision to pick out Kane and Kane just absolutely fluffs it. And, yeah, and misses it. Misses that's it, when right? I'm, that's when I'm worried about Harry Kane. Yeah. I'm not you not think that, of, can you not flip that into a positive as well? I think you could throw a son in this as well in that that's probably the most dangerous both of them have been in tandem for a long time and that they were making chances, weren't mm. necessarily scoring all of them, but then they still managed to get a goal each. Like that's such a promising thing going forward. That's exciting. We just, we've, we've been starved. Of, we've been starved of the, you know, the free flowing attacking for so long. It's nice that they're both hitting mm. around running, and I hope over the next week they play more and kind of get their finishing boots back on, and we can start converting more of these chances. It's it's funny we're going to have to play very differently on Wednesday, aren't we? I wonder how we'll approach <laughs> yeah. that. Be really yeah, interesting how we approach that because obviously yeah. West Ham are just. That we're almost going into that one, not like for like, because in terms of the, the structure of the teams, they're very different with the personnel. But the setup will be very similar, and it could actually be either a really, really dull one, or it could mm. be really brilliant, and it's just <laughs> straight out basketball, which could be quite fun. Um, let's do the let's do the the, the ugly stuff then, um, and we've got to do the officiating, and it feels kind of grim, doesn't it, Jude, to be like, oh, let's do a deep dive on the referee, but this was chaos yesterday. Yeah, it, it it probably was one of the more poorly handled matches I've I've seen Spurs play from a referee point of view. Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, "Well, oh, Harry, Harry Kane should have been sent off, and Liverpool had an injustice done to him." Because you know what, I'm not a Liverpool fan, <laughs> so I'm, a Spurs, I'm a Spurs fan. So um, yes, he maybe should have been sent off for that one. You know, the foot is 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 a bit high and naughty and. He's just got a little overexcited, like a little, a little, uh, a little dog down the park chasing football, and <laughs> he's left a big one in there. Um, and then the Robbo one is 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 pretty strange because I think he's been done. He's been done by Emerson, and he thinks he's mm. just going to whack the ball into touch and and get away with it. But Emerson steps across him, and then you get into the sort of territory where it's like mm. that is excessive force. What you've just done 100%, there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was whipping out yellows very, very early on, and um, he did seem to lose control, Paul Tierney. But I'm not going to send him any death threats because you know <laughs> you can have them go either way. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to sit here and say Harry Kane should have been sent off. I, I I just think I just think we see you see them all the time. It's a it's a red card. What I like and the, what needs to be discussed is why didn't that one go to VAR? And they said because Robbo jumped, but it's not really about what Robinson does, right? It's about what Kane does. Regardless, bad, bad tackle. The the penalty for me is a penalty. I don't see I don't see how you can bash through the back of uh bash through the back of a player and then say it's his fault for trying to stop. Um <laughs> but then again, down the other end, I thought the Harry Winks one I was hundred percent. But if you look from the angle uh, where you're sort of looking at them both, um Matip just comes across him, doesn't get any of the ball and takes him out. It it was another just really weird tackle that got very quickly moved away. Um, and, and as Jude said, the general flow of the game was broken up by the ref quite a lot and the yellow cards were flowing out. It just felt very... Yellow cards yesterday. There was a lot of... Uh, there was a, a lack of control and there was a lack of desire for the game to sort of flow in, in, a, in a way that would be, you know, better for everyone to watch. We got told at the beginning of this season... Yeah, we're going to allow a bit of a harder tackle. You know, there's going to be a bit more going on. And it started really well. And do you remember, I remember us sitting on here going how, how enjoyable it was watching games. There was a little bit of edge to them. That's completely gone. And we we're back to, <laughs> we're exactly back to where we were. And VAR's not even being used properly anymore. Yeah. And I mean, the one for me where I start to think, oh, come on now. Do you remember the Tarkovsky challenge? where he just went absolutely through someone got the ball mm. but just it was so clear that it was like right I'm gonna lamp this guy and, 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 and smash him up in the air and we sort of paused at that moment I remember the Premier League paused at that moment Jamie Carragher did quite a deep dive and said right we've gone too far now and I actually mm. think that Kane got away with it yesterday because it looked at just from first viewing like he had got the ball like like he'd he'd gone through so hard but because the ball had kind of hit him you're almost like maybe there's an element of got the ball and it might be an orange if that makes sense a referee's erred on the side of caution and doesn't want to ruin the game the problem is that when you watch it back it's hit his hand so surely you watch it back and you just go yeah like that's that's a red card 
I mean, it's just a red card. There's no getting mm. it. Yeah, we set that precedent a long time ago. I, I, I don't, I, I don't, didn't see many Spurs fans saying they didn't think it was a red card. There was just a lot of people sort of posting the picture of Randy Robertson <laughs> crunching uh, Tanganga from last season, I think. Um, yeah, but, and, yeah, and the, yeah, the short memories bit, which I, I quite enjoyed. Yeah, uh, I think I look. On a different day, I think there should have been two penalties, and I think there should have been two red, two red cards. I don't think the Delhi one was a penalty. I'll just say that. I don't know if people remember the Winks one because they didn't make much of a fuss over it, which I, again I thought was kind of weird. But they were bored by that point. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone was just knackered, weren't they? It was like a basketball Another game. Or, oh, for goodness' sake! <laughs> um, I do want to also put in the. Uh, I do want to also put in the ugly the reaction to Paul Tierney. Like, I know Jurgen Klopp does this a lot of the time for dramatic effect, and we all say, it's, oh, passion, blah, 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 blah. I just feel like it's really, really grubby when managers do that and go and intimidate officials like that and stand over the top of them in the way that he did. Obviously, he can't help the fact that he's bloody massive. But I remember when <laughs> Maurizio Pochettino went up to Mike Dean, like... Uh, he got in. He got in a fair amount of trouble afterwards. I, I, mm. I feel like that should be the case moving forward across the board. I just think it's so butters watching the way that we slam officials in real time. If people afterwards want to analyze officials' job, I think that's totally fair and totally normal. We should all analyze the way that we're doing stuff. Mm. But to go up and get in their faces and to be as hideous as people were to him yesterday, it's not helpful. I don't understand how that can make a referee officiate better. Football's got a really weird relationship with how it treats officials, and it always has done, really. I mean, you can look at other sports and think maybe we should be taking a, a lead from them. But, you know, to have a manager go up to, to a referee at, at full time and say, you're the only one uh, who has a problem with me, is just... What is that? It's just, it's just a bit grubby, and it's the sort of thing that we, we don't really need to see. If you've got... I mean... Conte will have had problems with the officiating and Klopp has made his opinions known as well. But it's not, I think you can just keep it to yourself and you, you don't need to sort of bring the game into disrepute like that. I think you can just, I think, I know it's top level football and there's a lot of pressure, but I don't think you should be sort of deflecting your your issues with the game onto an official, if you even if you feel like you've been hard done by. We've got to have a change, haven't we, Sean? In terms of the way things are being done here, they, it can't be just left like this. Or the officiating, or the way the clock was talking about the officiating. I, I think the interaction, the, the the culture around the way we treat officials, in order for the officiating to get better. Yeah, it does. I get it. It's you know, this is a multi-million pound business. There's such kind of huge things on the line all the time, but. Yeah, it does feel like they're always public and they mean number one. And it's just like, and like, look, look how long we spent talking about the officiating would, and we've added on an extra bit because of how Klopp's done this. It's just like, what's the what's the point? What have you gained from this? Like, honestly, what was the point? The game's over. It's done. What, are you yeah, get, what more totally. are you going to achieve? The, one of the <laughs> other things that I would add into this, I I don't think people like Peter Walton help when they, when they seem <laughs> my, to... my least favourite bit of football coverage when they say no. <laughs> throw over old... to a former referee who will perform mental gymnastics to ensure that there's some weird loophole that they can dance through <laughs> to say why every decision ever was correct sometimes it's okay it maybe if we're a little bit more tolerant and understanding of the p- fact that people are human beings and they are imperfect and will make mistakes mm. I, the system that i always look at is rugby only the captain is allowed to speak to the referee and once the referee says right you're done talking now the captain stops and that's the end of it if you if you brought that in and and made that mandatory and made that actually the case and said if anyone talks they'll be booked instantly that it would change in a heartbeat. But I think deep down, there is this deep-rooted discomfort in England that we all want to have the ability to slag off the ref. The players don't want that because they want to get in the ref's ear and they want to give the referee a bollocking and they Mm. don't like being told, look, that's not your job. Your job is to play. They actually want to have that capability to, when they feel like it, put the boot in. Or am I being unfair there, Hunter? 
I don't think you'll be unfair. I think players want to do that. I think the only difference is in rugby, and this might be, uh, it's a bit of a chicken egg scenario. It just feels like the referees have more power. They they have more power to make decisions. And and I think what they're constantly trying to avoid is not becoming the, the main talking point of the, of the game. So things just end up washing over them. Like, you know, you see players tell refs to fuck off all the time, and that's supposed to be a red card. Yeah, why? But is it, it? I don't but it happens know. every single. You literally see it on TV. You see the, the geezer, you know, whoever it is, just mouth fuck off at the ref, and you're like nothing happens. But I think it's like you said. We have to make for refereeing to get better. You have to make it more appealing, and it's not appealing. At the moment, who in their right mind would want to want to be a referee? It's, On it's top never of going to be appealing in this sport, surely. No, well, unless, unless, and I know this is quite, you know, capitalist of me, but even the money, <laughs> even the money to be a referee is terrible, relatively speaking, because you're dealing with guys who are on minimum, if you're in the Premier League, like 10k a week, going all the way up to you know the stupid amounts of money, and they're earning between, I think it's between like 30 and 50 thousand. You, and then you get a match day bonus as well, which, which in relative terms, it's just you're just creating a, a gap of like all I all I see there is uh, you're going to be forcing referees' hands, and you're also going to you're forcing this divide between the, the guy who rule, runs the rules and the guys who are actually playing the game. And I just think that there's a big there needs to be some sort of working out there because it's not an attractive position to be in imagine you can't go to the pub can you can you can you go down to your can you go anywhere can you go to a restaurant without getting sort of dogs abuse from some geezer who you gave a penalty against like their team last week like it just it just i don't understand why anyone would want to be it i do think in rugby there's a lot it's, it's a lot more black and white but also yeah. what what the sport is really good at is communicating um, changes to the laws and you have high profile referees in rugby who go on shows and they talk about the changes to the laws and they talk about how yeah. that will affect the game and you know there's there's an emphasis on making changes to help the game become like a cleaner and more enjoyable sport to watch you know keeping the ball in play and all that and I don't think football really really has that because you've got law changes that seem to you know, happen almost mid-season. I think we had that last year, but we didn't have like an example of a referee coming on a, a show and being like, this is how it's going to change the game and mm-hmm. this is what we can expect to see from now on. I think it leaves everyone in a really weird grey space of not knowing, like, for example, what is a red card challenge or what, like... Handball. Or a handball. So in, yeah. in the instance for Sally yesterday, you're sort of thinking, well, is that a red card now or is it... Or is, has that rule been wiped off? That it's it's an issue of like communication, and it needs to be more from you know referees association to to fans, so that we can. Because I'm getting messages of people being like, "I have no idea anymore." <laughs> if that's a red <laughs> that's, card, a, yeah. if that's a penalty. And we all ridiculous. get those. We all get those, and and that is where the referees have to. I, I can't remember the, what's the name of the guy who's made like 1,200 rule changes in the last three years. Because there was a long time where they, yeah, that's it. That's for a long time, there was about three, three a year, I think, for the last like thirty years. Then he came in and decided he was going to revamp the game. I think to Jude's point, what rugby referees are very good at as well is explaining to the player what's happened. Yeah. Whereas you often see them just going, "Go away, go away, I'm not talking, go away." It doesn't, you know, you're you're again, you're creating that sort of divide between like. Well, look, stop. I'm going to explain to you why this has happened, and then that's it. It, re- you, it rarely happens. Uh, yeah, basically, I think it's a bit of a mess. If I can just give one more example from rugby, and it, like, it makes me embarrassed every time I hear this, but Nigel Owens, who is, in, in my book, one of the best referees that's ever refereed the game of rugby or any sport ever, he'll bring a captain over to him, and he'll explain the situation as he saw it, and the way that he's going to proceed. And then he goes, right, go and communicate that to your team. And if anyone from the team points back at him, he usually says something to the line of, if you want to go and play football, 
the stadium's a mile down the road. I suggest you get off the pitch. And then they all just crack on. And it's so shameful that, that, that <laughs> tragically, like the joke is, yeah, if you want to go and be an idiot, then sport, football's a sport for you. I, I feel like it's a cultural thing that we need to seed in from the youngest possible age groups, the idea that you don't point back at the referee. And it's something that unfortunately we're never going to do because the incentives are too high to stop like the incentives of surrounding the referee, trying to get decisions, trying to create a home advantage when you've got the crowd there with you. If you get on top of the referee as well, it can definitely go your way. Anyway, let's move on and, and go on to the beautiful bits because there are so many lovely, beautiful moments and performances from yesterday. And we can start with Delhi or we can start with Winksy or to be fair, we could start with, with seeing Harry score again and do that lovely celebration. Where do we want to begin, Sean? I'll let you take first dibs. Um, I think in the big picture of yesterday's game and what it means for the rest of the season, I think the big winner was Harry Winks. As in, totally came in, did his job to absolute perfection on both ends. You know, it, one even had a tangible input with the first goal, winning the ball back so well. And he just looked, like I think it made people forget, like before Mourinho came in and, fucked everyone up you know this was a this was at the very least a serviceable Premier League player at the very least and then it kind of tricked people into thinking this guy wouldn't stand out for a championship team and it's just not just wasn't ever the case there was always a player here and Conte who's so good at coaching players so good at improving players has obviously seen something from him I think he said like he has worked really hard in training he shows he really cares that's something that kind of Conte resonates with the ones that want to try hard the ones that want to do well and it was really, really, I'm so happy for him to have pulled out yesterday's performance. It was unbelievable. It's odd that he was kind of the big defensive presence in Tottenham's midfield as well. Because mm. whenever I look at Harry Winks, I sort of think you're a bit of a sieve, you know, everything's getting <laughs> through you and you're not really soaking up much. But he was the guy who was, who was like, when the ball went out wide, he was charging out to help like Delhi or um, like Delhi on the left or Ndombele on the right to make sure that, those sort of crossing avenues and uh, opportunities were getting closed down. Um, but yeah, he just looked like a man possessed. He was charging all over the pitch and it was great. It was a real timely reminder of his capabilities as a Premier League footballer. It's almost like, you know, when Jesse Lingard came back for West Ham and, and he thought, well, this guy's not played much football. He looks fresh as fresh as anything. That's what I genuinely think yesterday. You, you saw a very, very fresh Harry Winks playing by by a higher standard, obviously. I thought he played really well. But I just thought he looked fresh. He looked at it. He looked interested. And it's it's as I can't remember, I think it was Ben Davis the other day who said it's easy saying like you go into a Europa conference game and you play your B team, but knowing you're in the B team, it's not easy to get up up for a game knowing you're in the B team. And I think we've seen a lot of that with Harry Winks in the in the Europa League last year and the Conference League this year. It's like he I know that it shouldn't be this way, but he doesn't look like he wants to be there. Yesterday, he looked like he wanted to be there, and he looked like he wanted to be in every tackle. He was getting Larry to Kate. He was, he was moving people around. He was playing lovely balls over the top. He's got a great passing range. He's, he's quick. He's very good at intercepting the ball. Um, it was a, it was a, a huge performance for him, and and a, a player that Spurs really need central midfielders. We don't have. A lot of depth there and it's, it's you know I think one thing Spurs fans will tell you is that Hoybier's skip is is limited it has its limitations there is a there is a ceiling to that those two so if Winks can come in and, and play like that I know he was in a three which obviously gives him a little bit more protection but regardless like if he if, if we need to keep him for the three that's fine he doesn't play in the two whatever but like I think if we're, if we're talking about players that need to leave in January he's not on my list in, um, on that Hunter um, mm. just quickly um, no, all of a sudden it makes it look like we've got a lot of depth again and we have a lot of good options and competition of places yeah it was interesting to look at the two benches yesterday obviously Liverpool hit by the crisis that they're in but I was like we have five players that could come off the bench here I'm not sure who Liverpool would be looking to bring up like if Robbo hadn't been sent off I don't think he would have made half the substitutions he had to make yesterday Klopp um, whereas, you know, we had Steven Bergvine, uh, Lucas, um, Skip obviously came on. And there was one other who I thought could have been a decent option. And then like, the defensive options as well. I was like, yeah, OK. 
if if <laughs> obviously it's one game, but I, I if if Harry Winks can play like that, you know, we've watched Harry Winks dominate Juve in a Champions League game. We've watched him go to the Bernabeu and and outplay players. And he's been he's an, he's been in and out of the England team. There's clearly something something there to build on. The challenge is just like those players staying on that level, though, isn't it? Because you can come in for one game and you can smash it. Well, and we have to see like over the weeks if you know if they drop out of the team when they come back in, are they going to drop off okay. a little bit or are they going to stay at that same level? So we're about to come on to another player. Yes, it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Deli Ali, oh, I mean, again, just it was so, so, so satisfying watching him have a game like that. Deli Ali in full flow, running in between players, carrying the ball really well, which I've not seen him do in ages. Sort of five or seven dribbles completed yesterday. Yeah, and like the most, what was it? The most tackles, the most turnovers of possession, the most fouls, like all those <laughs> things that we know Deli Ali to be running from deep, ghosting behind defenders absolutely brilliant and that's the things those in a nutshell that's what Deliel is good at when people ask you what's he actually good at it's all of that basically um and it, that was him he looked again looked like a man possessed but Jude and it is a big but for me he should still go out on loan on, in January Ooh. Ooh. Yowza. I think he's yeah. sort of like he's got three games basically four games in between now and say January the the, the seventh isn't he really so he's got boxing he's got West Ham Boxing Day game on the 28th 29th game on the first and then if we were to beat West Ham go through to a League Cup semi-final and we got two legs of the League Cup semi-final in the FA Cup I wonder whether there's kind of a thought process there for a lot of the squad whether you sort mm. of go right this horrible run can't afford to lose anyone here off the back of that, there might be a discussion. I, th- I think there'll be think... a... Go on, just go on, Sean. All right. Um, well, th- I guess this is the thing. Like, We either have a slightly deeper squad to go into this Mount of Foreign Games and beyond because of the rearranged fixtures we need to, f- to fill in, or we've at least put some of these guys in the shop window, which should make them a little bit easier to shift, and then hopefully we've been able to sit down and identify some targets. So... It just mm. it, everyone digging in deep and doing their job just makes this so much easier for us to get through this. Mm. So I, t- I should stress, I I said loan. I just think a six, <laughs> a six I, th- I think a six month loan where he plays every week and he has to prove himself because he's not you know he's not in a surrounding that he's he knows inside out like he, he's known everyone at the club now for so many years like. I just, I just think for any player, it's really worthwhile. I mean, you only have to look at Jesse Lingard, a player who ha- who actually has had a very similar sort of trajectory in that he was yeah. the wonder kid who who then sort of went slowly off the boil and then, and for, you know, his career was done. He goes to, he was in the England squad, you know, him and Delhi at 2018 World Cup, starting as the two attacking midfielders. Um and then goes to West Ham and, and revives his career. Obviously, he's gone back to United. It hasn't massively worked for him yet. But I just think that change of surrounding, like the Players' Tribune did a piece with Jesse Lingard where he talks about just a change of mentality, a change of personnel around him, a change of who he's talking to, different mindsets, and it can and it can completely reinvigorate you. And I just think, it's not, not saying that he didn't, he looked completely reinvigorated yesterday. Maybe he doesn't need to go out alone. I just think it's it's good as a person to go and do that. Do you, do you think he starts against West Ham? I mean, rotation is going to be so good. Didn't he put some crazy amount? He ran like 12K yesterday or yeah. something mad. Like, I don't know if you want that twice in a week. I don't know if you can do that twice in a week for one after after not playing for... So it's possibly Skippy? I think Skip in. will come back in. Yeah, and then it's... Who else out of Hoybier I mean, is going to be out again, isn't it? Tanky only played sort of 50, 60. So he looked, as we you said. Another, you pretty... might get another 20, 30 out of him. Yeah. <laughs> Starts well, you'd imagine Lucas probably comes back in. Stevie yeah, probably comes yeah. back in uh, at some point. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we go back to a 3-4-3. Um, just, just to sort of rotate the squad more than anything. Uh, I also think, whereas... You know the two up front against uh, a quite high line really works. 
I think the two up front against the three deep West Ham midfielders might be much, much, much um, sorry, defenders might be with Rice and Suchek sitting in front is going to be a lot. Uh, we won't get joy over the top. That's all I'll say. And we, we certainly won't be able to play in defeat easily. So I think you, you're going to need a couple of wide boys. I, I did really enjoy the kind of the extra dimension that having a late runner brought, though. I know look, the three four three is it, it, it seems to be so ironed in. Well, it looked like it was ironed in in those three wins that we got back to back before the break. But I loved seeing Delhi arrive, sort of maybe five ten yards behind the front two, and then just to give us a little bit more depth. I thought that was really really strong. But then again, against West Ham, probably that's that's going to be less the case because West Ham are going to sit in. I mean, that's another um, nice attacking threat to have, isn't it? Because you don't get that with the 3-4-3. The three, three. You don't really get the late runner. You sort of have Son and Lucas well, attacking you can't a bit later. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And if you have someone who is who is running from deep and you know getting the chance that, that Delhi did yesterday, then it's, it's another little attacking string to Spurs' bow. Mm. Uh, two things we've got to touch on to finish up. <laughs> um, so there will be no, no circuit break in the Prem. Um, we'll just kind of plough on and do the festive fixtures uh, and we are out of Europa Conference League and are not going to appeal that one. What's your general takes on, on those two in general? Oh, no. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the conference one's hard to feel any sort of emotion towards that other than just bewilderment that, that it even exists. It was um, the best possible way to exit. By default. Yes. Literally. Yeah, yeah. Shall I read Dan's tweet? I thought Dan did a really, really good tweet on this. Um, obviously, we're loathe to give him any praise when he's not here. To <laughs> Big time bottler. <laughs> we should be slagging him off at this point. But I think he kind of got this re- the sort of sentiment of it was really, really quite, quite good. Um, so it was Spurs have accepted UEFA's ruling, blah, 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 and so on and so forth. It gives the... Um, gives the kind of overarching themes there. But he says, UEFA's decision is harsh on Spurs and there were sporting and financial reasons to want to progress. But given the progress already under Conte, there are obvious benefits to going out too. More time on the training ground, less strain on the squad should improve top four chances. And my own view is that everything about the ECL was faintly embarrassing for Spurs. Even, <laughs> even winning it might have felt sheepish and they can exit with a healthy sense of righteous indignation. So it does mm. it does kind of feel like whatever had happened, it was almost win-win there. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I don't think any of us here would be particularly bothered about Spurs winning the Europa Conference, but there are, will be Spurs fans who are, who are absolutely desperate to win a trophy. So there shouldn't... I don't know if we should completely turn our noses up at it. All I will say is the idea of Conte getting a week with this team in between match days in the run to a top four finish that now looks more and more like it's open, at least. Like even with Chelsea wavering a little bit recently, there are there are there are gonna be spots in that top four. Uh it's it's good news for Tottenham. Yeah, I have to say I was <coughs> I was on those that wanted to have have their cake and eat it. I would have liked. You were massively having a go at me. You were you were saying I we would need l- to win this. We can't would, turn our nose up for this. And I was like, I would, no, def- I mate, I'm, that's where I, that's where I am. Like I wanted Spurs to win the Europa Conference League. Equally, I'm totally. Hensy, after watching something like yesterday and the last couple of games, did you change your mind at all? No, you- I, I didn't. But I did. What I do feel is that our chances of getting top four have dramatically improved for us not mm. being in the Conference League. Like yeah. that, literally. If we if we were saying that it was a shootout between, say, us United, Arsenal, West Ham for that fourth spot, without the Conference League and with the upturn in form, and if we keep our squad fit, and there is way uh, far lighter burden on the team, they go back to one game a week. I mean, you'd have to say we're in a brilliant position to make a charge for that fourth spot, which wouldn't have been the case if we had gone deep in the Conference League. I guess the other thing with the Conference League is that there wasn't actually a prize there. If you went into the Champions League qualifiers, you can be like, well, that is actually yeah. sort of a nice light at the end yeah. of the tunnel there. To get into the Europa League, for us, didn't really do much. It would have just satisfied that idea that we needed to, to win a trophy. Um, having said that, it, like I said, it is win-win now just go into mm. right all eyes on league cup fa cup top four 
And the League Cup, if we can put together a good uh, result against West Ham, followed by getting a good draw, no reason why we couldn't be in another final sort of early in the year. That's the thing, isn't it? It's not, it's, yeah. not just, it's not just about the league. It's about that is also strengthening our chances in the other cup competitions as well. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Look, it's, who is it? It's Arsenal, Arsenal, Sunderland, Brentford, Chelsea, Liverpool, Leicester, Arsenal, West Ham. Well, I think I think there were talks. Um, I saw something from Simon Sowell <coughs> saying that um, there were talks about um, scrapping the two-legged um, semi-finals for the League Cup and getting rid of FA Cup replays because of the strain of the fixtures wow. now. So that might help us as well. I get we absolutely three o'clock as well, lads. Wow, well, yes. I, I was yeah. going to say this. I was going to say this in the beautiful ah. that this would Kane celebration, <laughs> Kane celebration, uh, rattling rattling the whole of England, which is always a beautiful thing, um, and then getting to play three o'clock games again, or even just a Saturday game for fuck's sake. Oh, like, when was the last time? Saturday. Last <laughs> I, 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 I got sacked. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I can't. I can't remember last time we had just like a Saturday three o'clocker. No, and they're lovely. It's been a long time. Yeah, I know that is such a silly thing to say, but it's such a nice feeling to go out and watch the football on a Saturday afternoon, and then be like, right, okay, I can have my evening now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. There is no cloud lingering over on that Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Just enjoy your Saturday. That was one of the things I found a bit strange about the whole Ren thing is that I saw. Arsenal and West Ham fans being like 3 0 loss, unlucky lads. And it's like we've now got an extra week on the training ground to mm. actually get things in order and like to come for the teams who are above us. So now you've got a more refreshed Spurs. Yeah. Who want what the likes of Arsenal and West Ham are currently having in terms of their league position. So it's sort of like... You should want I, us playing as many games as possible. Yeah. That is, that is, the, that is the real Carly Today was very good fun. I mean, as it should be off the back of that result. So fingers crossed for a, a big, big game on, on Wednesday night. And hopefully we turn up again. League Cup semi-final. And I'm assuming everyone's in the same boat. Give us Arsenal in the semi. No, oh, said the UNA, no. Arsenal over ten. Arsenal minutes. in Arsenal in the final. Give us Liverpool again. <laughs> Liverpool again. We'll take anyone. Give us Sunderland though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sunderland. <laughs> Obviously, give us Sunderland, and then also there might be Brentford. Upset, might in there. Bye to the bye to the final, please. That'll be. Nice. I would say if you if you're looking at the fixtures, the the upset is probably well. Look, Liverpool, Leicester. There's no real upset. The only one that could be on the cards is Brentford, Chelsea, because Chelsea have gone right Brentford off the boil. Well. Yeah, yeah. Brent, Brentford. Thomas Frank said that he wants to win the, this cup, so I think they'll go for it. I think as a Brentford fan, you'd be pretty pissed off if in the quarterfinal you didn't go for it, yeah. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So please let it be Sunderland, Leicester, Brentford left in the hat with us. <laughs> Finally, us to get um, to a final and not have to play the best bloody team in the world for a change would be nice. Yeah, I really felt nothing going into that final, which is not a very fun <laughs> feeling. Ian yeah. Beale vibes. Yeah, literally. I've got nothing left. Okay, quick reminder to subscribe if you haven't already. Um, I hope you enjoyed the pod. Follow everyone on social. We'll be hopefully back again. Should we try? I'm not going to promise it, but let's try potentially and do the 23rd uh, after after we've seen Spurs smash up West Ham. If it's another good result, we won't be able to help ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it, was it was easy I'll, to schedule today, wasn't it? I'll do it on one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I, re- I think I replied, <laughs> "Fuck yeah!" Was just aubergines Well, touch wood. It's the same again on uh, on Thursday. We'll see you all next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.